Welcome to another fun-filled episode of MPO Sports Podcast. Uh, I'll start off with my torment, and my torment has actually quite scarred me recently, is I'm sick to death of intellectual nobodies that ask ridiculous questions about sport. Uh, they back they backtrack um, and run away and twist their um, actual responses when you call them out for being baboons. And I just want, I think everyone knows one, and I feel your pain. Intellectual nobodies that think they're experts on sport and backtrack, absolute muppets. Anyway, moving forward, I'm Tim from MPO Sports Podcast, and I'm joined by Aaron. How are you, Woody? I'm going all right. A little bit uh, toned down than you normally are with your little torment there. Because it was more of a personal um, complaint, I thought I would tone it yep. down and be a little bit level-headed because we don't want people crying if they, you know, connect the T's and cross the T's and dot the I's and work out who they are because there is one or two of them that um, tend to treat social media as a weapon and when called out, they run for the hills, as uh, my maiden once sung. All right, so we do have a fun-filled episode planned. We'll start with uh, what is getting quite exciting in the Australian boxing um, world. First of all, the Blonde Bomber winning the IBF bantamweight title, I believe it was. Yes, she did. That was only only this morning over in uh, Leeds in England. Um, so, yeah, she's... Uh, She's probably silenced a few critics, to be honest, because um, there's a lot of a lot of people out there that seem to say that she's only um, getting fights and got a name and got an image and a brand because of uh, the way she looks and how she dresses. But um, she's got a uh, pretty impressive belt around her waist now, so. Hopefully, that will uh, silence quite a few of the doubters. I think her previous fight, when she had most of the fight with one eye um, only, I think that won her a lot of fans as well prior to the title because they've seen that she's actually fair dinkum and has a bit of a crack. Yeah, I think, yeah. And kept coming forward. I think you're right, yeah. She has um, the last two fights especially, yeah. Um, But, yeah, this one coming off a win. uh, So she's on a three-fight win streak now and... Got a belt, so she took that off um, Maria Roman from Argentina. So Ebony moves to eight and one um, in her professional career now, and um, <clears throat> yeah. So and and let's also take into account that um, the person she's taken the title off has held it for five years, and I think I counted up six title defenses. So. Uh, six before Ebony had the fight against her, I think it was. Um, yeah. So that's quite a fair effort. And um, I think a lot of people will be giving her a lot more uh, kudos instead of her measurements um, moving forward. Yeah. No, so it's um, definitely put her on the map. Um, or silenced a few doubters as well. I think she was already on the map. That was probably a, a bad turn of phrase. But, um, yeah, it'll silence a few people now. And um, well, I don't think you were far far wrong when you said put her on the map because let's be brutally honest especially um in victoria you ask someone who's a female boxer and i'll say taylor yeah well that's that's true as well isn't it they Mm. they just link it to to taylor harris who Mm. let's be honest she's all right as far as the uh the australian scene goes but there's not a lot of competition there and um 
Ebony's taken it to the world stage. So I, I do think in Tales to Finch, she's got the good build to go somewhere with the boxing because she reminds me just in her size, similar to a Lennox Lewis, something like that, where she can probably jab away to a win. You know what I mean? Yeah. But and, uh, that um, aside. Also on the same card, um, Sky Nicholson. She's a fighter from <coughs> Queensland. She had her... Her second professional fight. And that's um, the young lass that was a gold medalist at the Commonwealth Games and a quarterfinalist at the Olympics, correct? That is exactly the same girl. And, um, yep, so she's now 2-0 and o in her professional career. So um, she had a fight a few weeks ago um, and won that over in the US. And then she fought on the same card here as Ebony Bridges and and got um, another unanimous decision win as well. So she's 2-0. and o. And I think um, um, Ebony's quite supportive of it too because I do think it was a clip of Ebony giving a go for it as she was leaving um, the change rooms to go and fight. So I think there's yep, a bit of camaraderie there. Yeah, there is. Um, and they're, they're in um, in different <coughs> weight divisions as well. So um, there might be some people who think, oh, well, let's get two Aussies fighting. But no, that's that's not going to happen. Um, they're, they're different weight classes. But um yeah, so exciting times for some Aussie boxing there with, with those two getting wins today and Ebony taking a belt. And uh, Tim Zhu also won, won his uh, US debut <coughs> today as well. Not without a fright early on. No, that's right. But as we've spoken about before, he needed to go over there to test himself and see where he's at. Um, and he got knocked down, I think, in the first round, was it? It was in the first couple of I think of it was in the first round, yep. Um, and then he fought his way back to to get a unanimous decision win as well. So, um, but uh, he's well known in Aussie boxing circles and uh, <coughs> maybe some uh, international fighters and some over in the US will start to take him seriously as well. And look, know- unf- unfortunately for Tim, um, he's always going to be compared to his old man too with that surname. No, that's um, why it was important for him to get a win here, I think, because um, <clears throat> a, a lot of a lot of fans over in the US or internationally may just correlate the name um, mm. and think he's got there just just by <clears throat> sort of living, uh, sitting by on his old man's coattails. But um, he's he's got the win. Um, he faced some adversity and he showed some character and grit to get the win. So... That might, again, um, get a few people sitting up and taking notice of him as well. And from what what I've read, um, his old man's had F all to do with his uh, career since he's uh, turned professional anyway because he lives in another country now. And uh, and that's, uh, that's probably, you know, one of those things. But one thing that... Did- but that's probably a positive in, in terms of <coughs> Tim's career too, I think. Because um, guys, you know, people that like us do that have followed his career a little bit... Um, the, the, the parallels between him and his old man and all that sort of stuff aren't really there, are they? Well, I was going to say, too, um, probably Australia's um, best Australian-born boxer of all time was on the commentary team of the zoo fight. And one of the comments he made prior to the fight was Tim wants to needs to um, pretty much knock the guy out to make sure of the uh, result due to... Um, past experience from that um, champion himself. And yep. it was interesting that one of the judges scored the fight 114 to 113 or something like that, where the other two had at least a four-point deficit, I think. Yeah, um, but that's that's the, <clears throat> always been the case for when guys um, without a profile um, 
sort of go over there, isn't it? They they look after the the hometown guy. Um, it's almost a form of corruption, really. Oh, and, and we all know that that's always <laughs> been the case in boxing since since the dawn of time, hasn't it? There's there's always been been those calls, um, and a even at Olympic level, it's been a problem yeah, as a well. A lot of them warranted as well. <clears throat> if you look at um, the great Jeff Fennick that I was alluding to before, he was robbed at Olympic Games via judges and was robbed in the first Azuma Nelson fight. There's no way known Azuma Nelson won that first fight. So, but that's the thing. That, that, <clears throat> that that's another thing that really um, goes in Tim Zhu's favour, even with the potential for the corruption from the judges, he's still got the unanimous decision. So even if they were looking to to score the fight against him, they couldn't actually justify doing it. Well, I, I think there has to be big questions asked of the judge that gave it 114 to 113 from what I've heard, when the other two had a significant difference. You've got to think one of, them, one of the three is blind in both eyes, but that's beside the point. So... All right, so that pretty much keep an eye out on Tim Zhu. Hopefully, he will get a title shot after the unification fight takes place um, sometime in the near future. So that could be very beneficial for him. Yep. So yeah, just as a <coughs> quite quite um, intriguing time ahead for Aussie boxing, which is a good thing because it's been been um, been down in the doldrums for a little bit. Um, especially since the UFC took off, um, boxing sort of taking a back seat, but it's starting to rear, rear its head again, and we've got some really quality fighters now. Yeah, no, we do. All right, so moving on, let's have a quick look at the um, EPL currently. Um, currently, um, the top four is Manchester City on uh, 70 points, Liverpool on 69, then 10 points behind Liverpool, we have Chelsea who could very well, with all the outside of soccer stuff going on and the restrictions and whatnot that, could very well get on top of them eventually. Um, surprise pack at Arsenal is fourth. Then we go down to fifth, which is Tottenham. Now, you had Arsenal on 54, Tottenham on 51, and Man United on 50. Let's all... We've got to factor in as well. Arsenal have a game in hand on... On our two teams in Spurs and United as well. So. However, their next game is against Spurs, so anything could happen. And just looking to see if that said game is away or home, and it is actually away. Oh, no, it's Newcastle, isn't it? Uh, it's actually away yep. anyway, um, by the looks. Oh, no, they're playing Crystal Palace, sorry. I got the wrong emblem. So they're up against Crystal Palace next. Yep, so that's that that's a win there if you'd think so. They'll they'll keep touch with Chelsea. They're five points behind them, but um, <clears throat> they're they're close enough if they're good enough. Mm, yeah, very true. And if we look down look who who do you think over the next um what have we got? We're twenty nine in, so we're nineteen games away from a completion of the season. Um, who do you see finishing on top? I still see City very hard to beat, even though there's only one point between them at the moment. Um, look, I haven't looked at their runs home, but um, it, it, you just how, how many times <coughs> has City been there and done it? Um, yeah, and, just... and they have been known to beat Liverpool for the title in a very close race as well. I yeah. know then the following year, Liverpool well and truly won it, but what have Liverpool really done since then? Yep, so I'm just looking at um, 
City's run home. Um, they got Liverpool, Wolves, Brighton, Watford, Leeds, Newcastle, West Ham and Villa. Um, very favourable draw for them. I would say probably three points from nearly all those games is quite conceivable. Um, and then, <clears throat> then you look down at um, at Liverpool's run home and yeah, they've obviously got City as well, but they've got Villa, so they should win that. United, tough game. Everton, Derby's always a tough game. Newcastle, they should win that. Tottenham will be a tough game. And they've got Southampton and Wolves, so... If Liverpool win the title, they'll have definitely earned it. Um, but City have the much much more favourable run home here. So hey. you'd back them in. All right. So in the relegation, uh, you could – I'll name pretty much, uh, what are we, four teams? Because you could probably – well, I would say Norwich City on 17 points at the bottom. They're gone. Of, they're gone. But then you've got Burnley on 21 in in 19th. In 18th, you've got Watford on 22, and then Everton um, in 17th spot on 25. So you could possibly um, throw a blanket over three teams for the second-last position, depending on outcomes. Oh, again, they, with, with, there's a lot of games that have been postponed and whatever. So you got you got um, Everton in 17th that are four points behind Leeds, but they've got three games in hand on Leeds as well. So... Um, interesting to see how how they play those catch up games and if they can jump ahead of Leeds. Mind you, though, Everton's next game is against the Hammers, and I would fancy the Hammers in that one, for example. Um, yeah, so there's still still a lot to play out. There's and it's hard to get a read, especially when there's discrepancies in how many games a lot of teams have played. <coughs> Agreed, but um, I would be comf- I'd be pretty confident in saying that. Um, It'll be potentially 28 games for Everton on the same points. Yeah, I would imagine so. But yeah, still nine games, 10 games still to go for a lot of teams. There's a long way still. So, um, oh, yeah, so I kept that wrong. Yeah, nine games because it's 38 rounds. But saying, yeah. that, saying that'll be interesting. Um, that'll get quite exciting around the, the transfer window when that um, opens up before the new season. Yeah, that's right. Uh, look, there'll be a lot of comings and goings. What um, what are your predictions for for your team in the run home? Um, sorry, what was that? Um, what are your prospects or your expectations of United for the run home? I think they still should be pushing for that fourth or third spot. Obviously, top two is out of the um, out of their reach, but um, they should be still aiming for a Champions League spot. Yeah, that, that, that fourth spot's up for grabs, really, isn't it? I think so. And United, when they're good, well and truly capable of getting that spot, but United, when they when their ugly cousin turns up, are capable of um, basically suicide. <laughs> yep. Um, and, yeah, they'll be, they'll be in the market for a new manager um, come season's end as well. Well, that was always the plan, but there's also now rumblings that... Um, he may not even get the um, directorial job that he was looking at. No, that's right. So my my early prediction um, in our in our preview of uh, Pochettino being their manager come next year is looking more and more likely. Yes, it certainly is. Um, who's winning the Golden Boot at this current stage? 
Um, I'm not sure. Um, I'll no, just quickly bring that up, but I know uh, Harry Kane got off to a slow start. He's been up there the last few years, but he um, he got off to a slow start this year. Um, Mo Salah would surely be up there without without Sa- Salah is on twenty. Uh, Diego Jota is on thirteen. Sun Hu Ming or Min or whatever his name is is yep. on thirteen. Ronaldo's on twelve and Kane's on twelve, and it goes down to about eighth spot, which is Vardy on ten. Yep. So you would say, unless Salah gets injured or stops scoring, which He's I think in a bag. there's probably more chance of him getting injured than what there is of him stop scoring. So yep. that would be looking uh, that way. Well, that's enough on the EPL. We'll move on to the AFL so far. Um, been any real surprises for you? Um, certainly for me, Hawthorne being 2-0 and is a big surprise. Um, yeah, so there's surprises at the top and the bottom of the line, <laughs> isn't there? So you got um, Carlton, Collingwood, and Hawthorne all all on two and zero, and then you got uh, Bulldogs and and um, Port Adelaide both zero and two. So probably would have expect those those numbers to be the other way around for all of those teams. Yeah, certainly, um, I would have thought Port would have been close to two and zero, not zero and two. Uh, in fact, they're 18th. And they, they, they looked very ordinary against Hawthorne, didn't they? It was very, very, very ordinary. So they've got a lot of work to do already, Port Adelaide. They certainly do. And considering it was actually at the Adelaide Oval, it's even more of a, a big um, question mark, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, a lot of, lot of issues there that they need to sort out very quickly. Yeah. Um, I was... I'm a bit surprised. I thought the Saints should have been 2-0. and um, But a quarter and a half a quarter of football week one doesn't win you a game. No, it's not. They, they looked good after halftime today, um, especially Max King. He, he got up and about and took a few marks and big marks and kicked a few big goals. So that helps. Brad Hill did a couple of nice things in the middle as well. So maybe things are starting to come together for those. But We've really got to wait another few weeks before we can reserve judgment on too many teams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, just having a look here. Uh, all right, uh, just one moment. Um, yeah, I, I actually um, also think that the Bulldogs are a bit of a surprise. I would have thought they'd at least be one and one Yeah, that's right. No, they, they, they've got a great midfield. Um, that's for sure, but they don't really have an avenue to goal, a reliable avenue. They're this, really missing Josh Bruce. I was going to say, is this them missing Josh Bruce? And to that, he's, he structures them up very well up forward, doesn't he? Yeah, and to that moron on either Facebook or Twitter or whatever it was, that lovely lady that probably should um, more so be um, happy watching netball and not football, um, you idiot. We've just been proven right. And and that's the thing as well. There's you you got to differentiate between a team's best player and their most important player, don't you? Um, Sometimes there is a case that the best player is also the most important player, but it's not always the case. No, not always the case. And <clears throat> in in the Bulldogs' case, I think we're definitely seeing that they their scoring went down. I think I seen a stat when Josh Bruce went down last 
last year, I think, was in round 15 or 16, something like that. Took them a month or so to get on um, top of it. Yeah, it took them a while to get on top of it, but they only averaged from that point on for the rest of the season about 75 points a game, um, which really just shows you how important he is to the way they structure up. And um, that being said, Jamar Hugel-Hagen, he looks looked good at times against Carlton and he might be that, that big option up forward that can present and run at the ball. Um, but let's be honest, he's still only a second-year player, so we can't expect too much of him. But they're trending in the right way with him, but they've really got to sort out their their avenues to go if they want to want to get on top of things. Um, because, um, if they if they they go zero and three or zero and four, it's a long way back from there. Um, it's probably safe for me to say this, considering it's only the two of us tonight. But um, I've been a little bit disappointed in um, Geelong as far as their effort this week. I would have. If I wasn't a football tipping, which I think I am in a football tipping com- contest with um, the local Sporting Globe, but that's about it. Um, if I was in one where I really cared, I'd be quite disappointed because I would have picked them against Sydney. Yeah, I did. <clears throat> oh, no, I'd... no, sorry, I did pick Sydney, but um, I didn't pick Sydney by 30 points. Um, but let's be honest, this game's going to be remembered for only one thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, true. Um, someone that's not actually a great set shot at goal. No, that's right. Let, let's be honest. So a, th- a thousand goals still a remarkable achievement. It deserves the acknowledgement, doesn't it? But um, one thing I do want to add on this, and um, I don't know if you'll agree with me or, or not, but um, you see the crowd run onto the ground, which was great to see. I think that was good, a throwback to, to the good old days. But um, it, we watched it on TV and the crowd runs in all all onto the ground and crowd um, surround Buddy Franklin. And most of them had their phones out recording it. That to me, that you, you've paid your money. You know you're going to witness something pretty special um, and you're more interested in filming it on your phone rather than actually experiencing the moment and just being there and, and explore, e- experiencing the, the moment um, in all of its raw beauty, really. Um, I think you've got your phone out. Um, you can't really experience it to its fullest. And if all you're interested in is getting a video so you can rewatch it later, you can look it up on YouTube. There'll be plenty there. Um, but I just, yeah, if I was there in a big moment in a big sporting event, there's no way I'd have my phone out at that point in time. No, um, I was just actually, um, while you were talking about that, I was just looking over our uh, very interactive draft competition that MPO Sports has put on. And I was just looking at the head-to-head um, with the team I played this week, which flukely we got up for it, considering we're missing um, a couple of players. Um, I did notice, which was quite surprising, Max King last week was lucky to get 60, I think, 110. Yep. yep. And, and another bipolar effort was um, Jack Higgins on 100. Yeah, I can't imagine that we'd um, get too many... Too many of those scores from Jack Higgins. So you um, you end up pipping me by 54 points this week. And to, in fairness, it was projected that my team would um, score higher than yours, even though we were down a couple of players because of my midfield. But yep. at, at one stage, you were in front, so it was quite oh, a tight race. Absolute, I had an absolute <clears> shocker. Um, five for late withdrawal. Um, I, I made a few trades during the week just to make sure I had enough players on the park. 
But um, turns out I made the wrong trades. Well, I'm look the ones I've got out injured at the moment: Lever and Alier, Alier, um, that are the prime ones. And then I've got Burton on the bench, who scored well. He's seventy nine, yeah. And I've got Cooper Sharman, who will eventually find his way into the St Kilda team. I knew very well he'd be on the bench and he may not play in the early parts. But um, I'm the only way I'm going to draft anyone um, out of my team is if they do a season-ending injury. Yep. <clears throat> no, I just needed players on the park this week, so I, I knew I was up against it. And um, if we just look at our, our ladder... <clears throat> um, We've only got three undefeated teams. We're only into week two. So Who's Braden, on top? Braden is sitting on top. Um, he's got a, uh, a lead over Jeremy and Clayton. They're the, they're the other two undefeated teams. I do believe um, if you look at the draw um, for the first two games, I, I think the more predictable wins because of the points that each team is yep. expected to get. I think Clayton has been a favourite in every game. In fairness to the mad scientist, he wasn't the favourite in round one, even though he got up. No, he did. That's right. So he's got off to a good start. I'd, again, we're only in week two, but but those three guys are leading the pack. So um, we've got to chase them down now. Well, it's a long season, and we just pray that they all get injuries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, every team's going to have to deal with those, but um, it's true. When we when we do these podcasts, we'll keep you updated on the on our Supercoach draft that league there as just well. Just while we're there, um, who's the bottom two at the moment? Um, yeah, so we've actually got three three teams without a win so far, um, and one of them surprises me because I actually rated his team going into into the season after we did our draft. Um, but yeah, jo- Josh's team is uh, hasn't lived up to <coughs> my expectations anyway, so he's he's still looking for a win. And um, we got um, Mark sitting at the bottom. He's he's in trouble. I think he's <laughs> he, he may not get too many wins here and. Um, then we've got uh, Cheryl Vickers is the team name. <laughs> That's Darren, I think. And, um, yeah, he's he's yet to get a win as well. But I think the wins are going to start rolling in for him as well because I actually didn't mind his team either. He, yes. he employed a good strategy in the draft. So I think he's got off to a slow start, but he'll he'll bounce back. He's got, <clears throat> he's got some pretty handy players in there. So I... Um... If you look at round one, I believe what lost the game for my team was um, a couple of players getting injured during the game and scoring poorly because of it. And also um, Lever not playing at all um, hurt me as well. Um, But my midfield certainly did um, give me a little bit of a glimmer of hope against the uh, mad scientist. But unfortunately, the uh, injuries could not be recovered. So I'm sort of hoping uh, I'm hoping someone gives the mad scientist a spanking because with what we've put on offer for a winner, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that potential. But that's enough about the AFL. Um, we'll move on. Um, there's going to be some uh, interesting games next round, so we'll probably talk about them in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, that's right. As I said before, <clears throat> once, once we have five, get five, six games into the season, then we can start 
to talk into a bit of depth about how teams are tracking and how they're shaping up. But we're only two games in at the moment, so um, we can't really get a gauge on much. And look, um, a guest on our last um, contribution to the podcast world, um, Chris would have lost money on his um, one of his multis because he had uh, head-to-head Fremantle to win. So all I can say to you, Chris, is suck shit. <laughs> Moving forward... Um, we'll move on to NFL. There's been a lot of signings. So what we thought we would do instead of banging on all night about it during the off season, that uh, Woody will bring up four of the standout signings and we might have a quick chat around them. Um, oh, I don't know. There, there's been a few big names. So everyone knows that um, Russell Wilson's gone to the Broncos. There's been a massive quarterback shuffle. Wentz to Washington. Deshaun Watson to the Browns. Brady out of retirement. Brady's out of retirement. Um, the most interesting one for me, and I think it really puts um, the Raiders into into contention, is uh, Devontae Adams um, going from the Packers over to there. So he teams up with Derek Carr. They were they were mates in college and had a pretty good connection there. So. Um, I think the Raiders are going to be a pretty, pretty good team this year. But the whole um, AFC West is just stacked for next season. So that'll be very interesting to see how how that plays out. We're going to have you know a couple of really good teams that, that won't make the playoffs from there. Um, another signing I like, there's a low, I'm not going to go through the big signings because everyone knows about them. But there's just a couple of ones. And maybe yeah, I, I just meant four that stand out for you. It doesn't have yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, as I said, we've vaguely just touched on a few, but um, Marcus Mariotta has gone to Atlanta after Matt Ryan. I think he's been at Atlanta for 15 years or something like that, won an MVP. But Mariotta, he's been been a starter before um, at the Dolphins and he's gone over to the Raiders and been the backup to Derek Carr. But I think, I think he's a good fit for Atlanta. Um, look, and look, he's not probably not going to propel them to playoff contention, but I think it's just a good chance for him to resurrect his career, potentially um, a bit like Tannehill's gone and done at um, the Titans. So I'd be interested to see how um, he teams up with Kyle Pitts and see if they can make a, a good connection there. Um, that'll go a long way to the Falcons. Um, at least being half decent, to be honest. Um, another big move was Khalil Mack. Um, he's gone over to the Chargers, so that's another surprise. Um, it definitely caught me off guard. I didn't think he would be going anywhere, but um, he's jumped ship from the Bears and gone over to the Chargers, so there's no excuses for the Chargers to not make the playoffs next year. Um, they missed out. This year, probably from just bad play calling. Um, but now they've got a very, very good offense. One of the best young quarterbacks in the league, really quality receivers. And now they've got one of the best 
best defenders in the game um, in Khalil Mack. And then I'll... Um, Bit of uh, self-interest here with the the Eagles. They've signed Hassan Reddick and um, Kaiser White as linebackers. So that shores up that line there and um, puts them in a good position for the draft. Uh, I think Kaiser White is a fantastic signing. Um, Very low-key signing. He's only signed one-year deal, but I think he led – or not led, but he was – seventh or eighth in the league in overall tackles last year. So if we can add that to the to the league, uh, the Eagles linebacker call with him and Reddick, um, and we've got um, Darius Slay in the backfield, maybe go get, well, there's talks that they might go get Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati in the draft. They'd have to trade up to do that, but maybe picks 15 and 16 to someone like the Giants for pick five and, and we can show up that secondary and be a pretty handy team. And I'm a bit excited about what Jalen Hurts might do. I think he he's not as bad as a lot of people think. He's not going to be a superstar, but he might just be good enough to get us to the playoffs and a couple of wins there. And one other move that I really like um, <coughs> from the Saints, they, they shopped around for quarterbacks. They were in the market for Deshaun Watson as well, and they were looking at all their options. And be surprised if they didn't have a look at Jimmy Garoppolo as well, but... Um, didn't fall their way, but they um, they start up next season with Jameis Winston, um, which is far from a bad result for them. So I'm excited about what they might do and what Winston might be able to do coming back from an ACL. But yeah, this has just been a crazy off-season so far with big-name trades. We haven't seen this before really in the NFL. We've seen it a lot in NBA recently, but NFL, generally the big names, especially quarterbacks, um, in their prime, don't move. Um, but we've just seen a big, big shift in that now. So maybe that's the way going forward, where teams will trade trade the quarterbacks and get their picks and have an eye to the future. Yep. Um, Jalen Hurts quarterback, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, with what you said, there's been a lot of quarterbacks that have been Super Bowl winning quarterbacks that haven't been superstars. So I wouldn't be giving away... Um, you know, packing it in just because um, he's not a superstar quarterback. No, that's right. And one thing that we've seen too is there's a lot of a lot of teams selling big money at their quarterback now. So we've got Dak Prescott on $40 million a year, um, Rodgers and Mahomes on about 50. Deshaun Watson became the first player to sign a fully guaranteed deal. So I think $240 million. Um, which is a big commitment, especially his legal issues. Um, but there's everyone looks at Tom Brady and, you know, he's the GOAT. That's fair enough. And they go, oh, how does he do it? How does he keep winning? Well, because he doesn't take all the money. He leaves money there at the franchise for other players so they can actually build a team around him. All these other guys at the moment, they seem to be <clears throat> self-interested in, you know, taking as big a deal as they can. But honestly, what can you do with $50 million that you can't with $35 million a year? But also There's not to... much of a difference. But as I said with Tom Brady taking these pay cuts, um, no, no um, team has ever won a Super Bowl paying their quarterback more than 13% of the overall cap. And but yet, just on Brady though, at, Woody. We're just looking not... at some teams now that are play, paying 35% <clears throat> of the cap to, to their quarterbacks. Just on Brady... Forget, take money out of out of the equation for a sec. The fact that he doesn't ask for the big dollars compared to other quarterbacks, 
One thing, whether or not people agree if he's the GOAT or not, one thing I will say about Brady is he is the best I've seen at playing within his limits. Yep, exactly right. He he was drafted at pick 199 <clears throat> for a reason. Um, he wasn't tearing it up in college. He wasn't a great prospect. Um, he just knows what he can do, and he can do it very, very well. And he doesn't try to do things that he can't do. Yeah, because in my opinion, Joe Montana was a more gifted quarterback. Oh, uh, there's honestly, there's 30, 40 guys that you could say are more gifted. Even, I mentioned Jameis Winston before. He's more gifted <laughs> athletically than Tom Brady. You could argue um, Dan Marino was more gifted as well. Oh, absolutely you can, but well. And Dan never got not, a Super Bowl ring. I was going to say, not you don't just argue it. You can pretty much lock it in as fact. It's the intangibles, the things that you can't teach, the things that you can't measure. That's what Brady's got over everyone else. Well, really, um, how many Super Bowls did um, uh, Montana win? Four. Four. So he was four from four. Yep. So if you go to the um, Jordan argument when you're comparing quarterbacks, he's four from four, so a Jordan fan would say he's better than Brady. Well, yeah, but we don't read too much into what they say because <clears throat> that argument's very much flawed, isn't it? Uh, in in Montana's um, defence, he did play late into his um, later years, so he obviously had a game that stood up for a long time. So. Yeah, Paul, and just... Quickly, I want to add in another trade that happened as well. So yep. Tyreek Hill, <coughs> Tyreek Hill, he's left the Chiefs now. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how they go. Um, he, I think he allowed Kelsey and Mahomes to do what they did because he's such a threat both um, in and under, um, over the top and underneath. Um, and with his burst of speed, um, that meant that teams would have to cover or look to cover him, you know, underneath and over the top, which means things would open up for um, for that Chelsea there, uh, Kelsey and Mahomes connection where, you know, Mahomes might just throw that, you know, 15, 20-yard pass and then Kelsey's got all the space in front of him to run into and get those extra 15, 20 yards after catch because the 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 um, secondary drops back to cover that that deep ball threat from Hill. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but, yeah, also interesting to see if um, him going to the Dolphins helps Tua um, become become a probably an NFL starting caliber quarterback because the jury's still out. So that's probably the most interesting move um, for me as to the hole that it leaves in the team that he left and how it affects the the rest of the guys around him and the team that he's going to. So um, both the Dolphins and Chiefs will be interesting to watch to see how how Hill leaving and arriving affects both of those teams. Yep. <clears throat> okay. So we'll move on then. That's enough for the NFL um, for the moment. I think um, we've given you a snapshot of what's going on at the moment. So I dare say keep tuned because there'll be probably more, won't there, Woody? Oh, so much more. Um, yeah. And especially Jeremy's not with us tonight. He's a bit under the weather, but um, a, a, as everyone knows, once me and him get talking about NFL, um, Tim's generally got to play timekeeper because we could we could go all night about that sort of stuff. That's right. And just um, with the cheerio um, to Jeremy, I believe it's uh, pizza and wine-itis, but um, that's fine. Um, each their own on a Saturday night. 
Uh, and we'll move on. Um, our last discussion point is the NBA NBA playoff race. Um, quite frankly, as a non-NBA fan, but a Lakers fan, I don't, couldn't give a flying F. But what's going on? <clears throat> it's the last couple of years. There's been a clear standout. Um, for who might might win the title. Um, but it's it's pretty tight. The Suns have got an unassailable lead to be the number one seed in the West. Um, but, look, we, we saw them in the playoffs last year as well. Um, be interesting to see how they back that up. Um, the Warriors are getting their act together as well. I wouldn't discount the Mavericks. The Nuggets are... Probably they're sitting in sixth spot at the moment, and they're probably lower than most people would expect. Um, so, I think that'd be that'd be a scary proposition if they finish sixth for the Warriors to play in the first round of the playoffs, um, which could really shape that race there. Um, as you said about the Lakers, they're currently in the playing position. Um, we've got nine games to go, but they've they've looked very ordinary, Anthony. Davis hasn't been able to get on the court. Um, LeBron's having one of his best years ever, um, which um, is making the haters even more salty. Um, But one man can only do so much. The Clippers are starting to look okay, but I don't think they're going to be a playoff threat. Um, Spurs, they might jump into the play-in playing series there probably at the Lakers expense and they're they're not going to do much if they make the playoffs but um they're a team to watch the next couple of years I really like their roster and what they're doing and they've got a pretty handy leader in um Dejounte Murray so I like what they're doing there and you can probably count the rest out um and then we move over to the east uh very very tight amongst the top five six teams in the east um I think Joel Embiid's probably got the MVP sewn up, but geez, the Heat, Celtics, Bucks, Bulls, Raptors, looking okay. Um, the Raptors, anyway. The other five teams, they they can beat each other on any given night, and I wouldn't wouldn't back anyone confidently in a in a playoff series against the other. Um, I think the better teams are in the West, but I think the more interesting. Playoff picture is happening in the East. And I'd actually really like to look at the Celtics, the way they're coming together um, with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and um, even Marcus Smart playing a very handy role. So, yeah, the, the playoff race is going to be very, very interesting. Um, and as I said, there's no no real guarantees. Anyway, even the Grizzlies, they're looking really good. Ja Morant's going to be an absolute superstar if he's not already. Um Timberwolves, they've surprised me as well over in the, in the West. They're, they're building a decent team there. So it's very important for them that Carl Anthony Towns stayed on, which I thought he, he could have moved in last offseason. But he obviously hung around for a reason, and it's going to pay dividends in the next couple of years, I think. No and then my team, we won't even really <clears throat> mention the Magic. They're just they're going to be in the lottery picture again. Well, here's one for you. Um, it's a Lakers question for you. I've just been sort of reviewing things in my head over the, over the last um, 
few months. And to see what Caruso is doing at the Bulls, which I'm not saying he's a superstar, but he's still doing his job. I actually wonder if he was a little bit more important to that Lakers list than what um, people gave it credit for. Yeah, I agree with that. He, <coughs> he is very important piece coming off the bench. He can uh, he, he can run both the, ends. He can he run the plays. He can actually run the plays as well. He He's, can, but he can he can come <coughs> off the bench and give you you know ten points in six minutes or whatever. But. Mm. Um, he's also a very, very good defender. And he's just a workhorse as well. He's up and down the court. He plays with a lot of energy, a lot of excitement. And he makes plays on both ends of the court. Yeah, and one thing is, too, when he was at the Lakers, he was one of the more popular players of the playing group, too. Yeah, and I, honestly, I think, yeah, they, they undersold possibly how big a role he played there. And I think... Um, I think the Bulls got a steal with him, and I think he's a big reason. I think <coughs> DeMar DeRozan, Wanze Ball, um, Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, um, but Alex Caruso, he's just a very, very impressive piece to come off the bench. I will get on him here again. I actually believe he gave the Lakers more than what Westbrook has done this year. Oh, two different roles and two different expectations, though. But, yeah, there's no doubt that... Caruso did his job. Um, and Westbrook at, probably hasn't done his and job. And Westbrook hasn't done his. So that, that that's the difference there. One's, one's performed to his potential and his expectations and probably exceeded it. And the other one's just been well below. I believe, if anything, Westbrook breaks even each game because he might get 10 assists, but he's got 10 turnovers with it. Oh, and his, his <coughs> shooting this year has been horrible. I mean, there, there's times where he's only just scraped the backboard with some shots. Like, he's, his radar has been well off. Like, he's never been the best, most reliable shooter anyway, but he has been even more woeful this year, I think. Well, look, I don't care who wins it. Obviously, it won't be the Lakers. As long as it's not one of the two teams that um, the journeyman that everyone hates um, has played for because he's eligible for rings for two teams, Mr. Harden. Yeah, he is. That's right. Uh, which means Ben Simmons will be as well. <coughs> um, I, I don't think the Nets are much to worry about in the playoffs. Kyrie Irving's come back. So New York's lifted their mandates. So he can actually play home games now. So, I mean, that's a pretty... At the moment, they're the eight seed. Um if the season was to finish now, they'd play sixes in the first round at the playoffs and they wouldn't offer up much resistance, I don't think. But if they get a, if they can get themselves up to... Well, even if they finish six right now, they'd be playing the Celtics. So they wouldn't get far there. I think their best bet is if they can finish seventh or fifth. Um, because if they could get a, a playoff, first-round playoff win under their belt with... Um, getting Kyrie and Ben Simmons to gel with Durant, um, that would be ideal for them. But I just don't think time's on their side. I, I would think they're more chance with the third guy gone than what they would have been with all three, though. Oh, they are. And that, that, <coughs> tra- that, that trade with the Nets and the Sixers, I think with the if we just look at the, the Harden and the... The Simmons piece, I think both teams get something that they really needed and both players improve the <coughs> team. Um, and, yeah, 
the the Sixers would have been happy to get rid of Simmons. Nets happy to get rid of Harden, but I think they complement the new rosters very well, both of them. <coughs> I think um, just the whole Simmons saga, um, it doesn't look too good for Doc Rivers if they don't um, prove that they were held back by Simmons. Yeah, they yeah, they, they can't use that as an excuse now, can they? No, and it might actually make people think a bit more broadly about the issue if um, they see that... Uh, there's a you know seventy six is have a zero um, improvement even though they've got rid of the so called bad egg. Yeah, but they've got another bad egg as well <clears> because um, you can't bounce, you can't play at as many teams as Harden has and have no no real success. Um, I would argue all those about- teams, and I think <clears throat> it, 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 he's caused issues at every franchise he's been at. So. I was going to say without doubt, and this is without obviously having inside information. I reckon, I believe he'd be the most hated player in the NBA, even with his peers. Um, yeah, can't really think of anyone else on the top of my head, but yeah, he's he's gone around to a few teams now, um, and he doesn't even seem to be very likable um, on the rosters that he's been on. So he wants to play one one on one ball. He doesn't want to play team sport. It's all about no, him. That's right. Um, <coughs> so yeah, I've never been a big fan of his, and um, I. I I do like the Sixers, but um, it wouldn't disappoint me if they didn't win just because of him. Because I'd hate to see him win a championship ring. And the other thing about him is he plays like a soccer player on the basketball court. Oh, the new rules this year have uh, curtailed that a little bit, which is good. But um, <coughs> yeah, he still still does play for the the cheap free throws. He did make it farcical at times. He really did, and the refs. Reft it that way as oh, well. The refs, the refs needed to be better. Is it really his fault if the refs are going to give it to him every time? No, it's not his fault, but it's still a, a bit of a tarnish on the sport because of the way he plays. Oh, it absolutely is. But if <laughs> if the refs are going to give you cheap points, you're not going to knock it back, are you? If you um, know if you know that they're going to blow the whistle, you'll do it every time. So Charles would have made him bleed if he was going to play soft like that. Oh, absolutely, he would. <laughs> <clears throat> Definitely. And, you know, um, players of that era um, would have just made him pay. Imagine him against the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, it wouldn't have ended well for him, would it? I would, no, it would have ended with him in tears on the bench. Oh, um, no for doubt. sure. No doubt. So that's pretty much it in, as far as the NBL goes. NBA, sorry, not NBL. NBA goes. So we're pretty much at the end of yet another riveting episode of MPO Sports. Um, podcast. Uh, maybe we might try and get together in a couple more in a couple of weeks. Maybe two weeks more so than the three or four, and put together a bit more AFL and yep. see see what's happening in a couple other areas. Um, Which will be a good time to do <clears> that um, for the AFL. We'll have a month or so under our belts, and we'll be yep. able to probably judge teams a bit more in depth. And the and the other area too that might be worth a discussion, and we'll be a bit closer to seeing how the. Uh, a-League's going to finish up before finals as well with that two weeks. Yep. Because they're punching out games left, right and centre. And I, and I believe City have only got about five games left. And we, they're sitting on top at the moment. But there's um, Western United are narrowly behind them with a few games in um, in the bank to play yet. So yeah. it's so still... it might be... Um, we'll <clears throat> probably have to hit up Josh for that one as well and get him on because he's going to add a lot more... He's missed um, daily. That's right. He's going to add a lot more insight and a lot more useful information than uh, myself anyway. Yeah, yeah. And look, I went to the derby and 
I thought it was a pretty lacklustre game for about uh, 80 minutes of the 90. And then the last 10 minutes, it was just woodwork after woodwork by City trying to get that winning um, goal. It was quite exciting. But other than that, um, yeah, that's all. I, that's the only game I've been to. Right. And I, I will be striving to get to an AFL game um, very soon. Won't be next weekend because... I'll be in a bowls tournament, but I'm hoping within the next few weeks after that, I'll get to at least one or two games. What about yourself? Oh, I, I know just, you got to round one. Yeah, I got to round one. I'm eyeing off a game in round five. That's um, the Port Adelaide game. Um, okay. So I, I'll try what, what day of the week is um, that one? And just, just on that's – that's a Sunday. No, it's so good. One, I've got one, now. 110 or 140 or something in the afternoon. So very family friendly. Um, I just go back to the round ball game, the world game. Um, Italy, um, we've missed out on World Cup qualification. They lost to North Macedonia. Did they even miss out on the playout? playout yep. They, the are, they are not going to the World Cup. Well, that means there's going to be a lot of divers sitting at home watching it on TV, isn't it? There definitely will be. Um, Hopefully, though, um, Germany will get through and a couple other sides and we'll be able to see a few Borussia Mönchengladbach players run out on the world stage. You only brought that up to get that out. Um, <laughs> how's um, it's coming home going? Uh, you know, they're, they're tracking nicely. They'll, they'll make the World Cup. Um, Harry but- Kane scoring goals again. He's, it, there's a good chance he's going to break um, Wayne Rooney's record. What, for England? Yeah. And what's that record? Um, did he score 53 <clears throat> goals or was it 63 goals? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, Harry Kane, he's – how old is Harry Kane? He's still not even 30 yet. Um, so he's got plenty of time. So he's only 28. Um, he'll be 29 later this year. Um, but, yeah, he's got, he's got plenty of time to, to catch – Catch Wayne Rooney. Neither a player or even in the same league as Georgie Best, but um, well, he he pulled the pin early, didn't he? he oh, there we go. So he's he's a lot closer than I thought he is actually. So Wayne Rooney, he he's scored fifty three for England. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry Kane's already on forty nine, and you'd think he's got five or six years at least left of international football. And he's mm. probably – I would be surprised if he didn't break Alan Shearer's Premier League goal-scoring record as well because he's only about 60 <clears> behind <throat> him at the moment. Yeah, true. I'm just checking on uh, Mr. Best because the poor bugger played for Northern Ireland, um, which there's a legendary game where he was playing for Northern Ireland against England and he basically um, scored in one one goal, playing with ten witches hats, to England's four or five. So the guy could play um, much had, like um, much like Ryan Giggs when he was playing for Wales. Really, wasn't it just a one man show? Pretty much. So he had thirty seven appearances for nine goals for Northern Ireland. Yeah, not too bad for a, for a midfielder. And when you also consider that he had no one. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Pretty much a minnow with um, no support. Playing in a minnow team with no support. So it just shows how brilliant the man was when he was on. And he was. He also- wasn't on the drink. 
and the women and the other stuff. But anyway, that aside, um, we're at that lovely time of the podcast where you're all going, thank Christ it's over. And we have to say thank you to Josh Watson, who will be doing the editing. And he will be dabbling in a bit of the velvet tones of Zaggy 2 for our intro and uh, Huru music. So it's by from me. It will be by from Woody. Yep. So make sure you uh, give us a like or follow on Facebook and Twitter. So just search for NPO Sports on Facebook. Um, and we're at NPO underscore sport on Twitter. And um, let's just hope our third musketeer is um, recovering well from the wine and pizza in bed and will join us in two weeks' time. Alrighty, hooroo. See you later.